business, leadership, high performance, the journey. Hey, everybody, and welcome. The show today is going to be a great one focusing around uh, really self-development and the journey involved with it. Whether you're maybe just beginning that journey of self-development and self-awareness or, or maybe you're looking for resources, recommendations that can help you, uh, this is definitely going to be a great show for you. So uh, my guest today is a good friend uh, of mine that I've known for a few years now. Um, anxious to have him share his journey and, and the path he's taken along the way, as well as the resources and influences um, that have positively impacted him. So uh, currently the manager of sales at uh, BNG Team uh, right here in Fargo, North Dakota. My guest with me here in studio today is Neil Kelchin. Welcome, man. Hey, welcome. Welcome, welcome. Good to be here, Patrick. <laughs> Excited to be here. People have said I have a little enthusiasm sometimes, but super pumped to be sitting down <laughs> with you today. And if you guys could see him, he's actually sitting here. His leg is twitching up and down like a dog who's getting scratched. So, <laughs> but a um, little bit of background, just so everybody kind of knows um, how Neil and I know each other and, and kind of a bit of the backstory on our relationship. Neil and I first met um, when he was doing sales for Spotlight Media, a uh, magazine company here in Fargo. And Neil had contacted me after somehow you'd run across my website. Yeah. Okay. I had seen your website and I was like, dang, this guy, people need to know about what he's up, uh, what he's doing, what he's got going on. People need to know about this. And and at the time I was doing health wellness coaching. Um, and I remember Neil called me in. I sat down in his office there. Um, and first of all, he said all the right things to get me into that meeting. You know, <laughs> oh, dude, it's such a cool website. You know, t- t- typical sales guy. And I could kind of la- laugh about that. But you know, looking back at all of it, I mean, super genuine honesty about all of it. And um, before you know it, I was buying advertising from him. Um, and, you know, that that first meeting, I remember coming in the spotlight, sitting down with you, Neil. And um, there was an immediate commonality between the two of us around just a, a real holistic approach to health, wellness, and really just overall self-development. You know, I it was kind of like we were brothers from another mother. Concept. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's really what sales boils down to, Patrick. And uh, you have to believe what I believe, or there has to be a transfer of belief. I have to ha- be so in belief of what I'm doing or selling that you're like, oh, okay, I get that. But we were already lock and step with each other saying like, yeah. wow, this makes a lot of sense. And again, that's why it's so fun talking to you. Yeah. And I think it's it's amazing when you... When you meet up with people that are a values match, you know, that are super values driven um, and aligned so closely because like you said, that's, that's, I think where you make, man, that's where you make sales and not just financial sales. That's where you build relationships with people, which is really what it's about. 100%. And I'm excited to talk about, like you said, it's the journey. Cause I believe Miley Cyrus got one thing right and it's the climb. Okay. It really is. And you don't feel you like you should it. be ashamed. You listen to that. Neil. <laughs> hey, never be ashamed of things that you're into. Okay. And that's what I'll tell people right away. Just be straight up honest of things that you're into, but it's really the journey and you're right. But sometimes when you're in it, like sometimes the stages you're in, you're like, are you kidding me? This is the worst time ever. But then you look back and you say, wow, that was a really challenging, but great time for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm excited to kind of share that. And uh, tell little people about my journey in personal development. Yep. Yeah. And it's one of those things, too, where on that journey, you know, you never understand what the hell's going on along the way, typically. You know, you, you think you think along the way, like, man, why did this occur? Why did that have to happen? You, you know, you, you, you find the positives, but you also can dwell on the negatives. And I think that's such a challenge for so many people. But, uh, you know, when you get to certain benchmarks or points, you look back and you go, man, it all makes sense. <laughs> this is why this happened. And this is why this didn't happen. And, and it's really amazing when you start putting all the pieces together, I think. Exactly. Is life happening to you or for you? It's just yep. how you look at it. Yep. And it's like, why did this just happen? And you can find, you can figure it out each way. So, yeah. Yeah. So fast forward, I mean, a couple of years after we had initially met, um, ironic now that we are, we both ended up in the same building. Uh, Neil is the manager of sales for BNG team here in Fargo and myself, um, working with all their teams through the EOS process. So, um, 
I did notice though now, dude, you're out of the building. You are in the the other location now. Yeah, they, I, found, they found a way to kick me out. Yeah. They found a way. <laughs> I rolled by there this morning. I'm like, oh damn, Neil's gone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, we built a brand new building at the BNG team and thought, oh, this will be good for a while, and we've outgrown it. So yeah. what a great problem to have. Yeah. And so uh, our sales team, we decided to move a little bit south. It's wintertime. We said, let's move south for the winter. Let's go south. Let's, it's, it's warmer there. And so uh, we just we wanted a collaborative space where we could go have fun, crush numbers, and be all together. And it's been a good move so far. Sweet. Yeah, and, and we'll touch on BNG a little bit later um, and kind of what they do and what they offer. Um, super, super unique offering and kind of how they've built out the business and such. Um, but uh, uh uh, a phenomenal, phenomenal business structure for small businesses. That's for sure. So, but Neil, I wanted to start today by really uh, focusing in on, like we said, your journey kind of along the way to self-development, um, influences, resources, big aha moments in your life. But take us back to little Neil, <laughs> little Neil growing up. Um, tell us a little bit about just, just your upbringing. Yeah. Well, I mean, first and foremost, I had perfect parents. And they just were great. My mom and dad, um, again, just raised me really well. And I'll just, I mean, that's the first mentors for me. That's your first relationship, right? And my mom gave me so much confidence. And uh, I can just remember, Patrick, when I wanted to be better at football. And I just, just like anything in life, what do you got to do to be better? Practice, practice. Yeah, you got to practice, practice. If you want to be better, you got to work at it, right? And I remember I, I wanted to practice more, but no one in the neighborhood was around to practice. My mom, who was 10 years old, she took like dish rags and put them on her, you know, pants. Oh. And we were in the front yard. <laughs> and I just vividly remember this. And, I'm, and she's like trying to grab my flags and I'm trying to grab her flags. And I mean, she would do anything for us kids. I come from a family. I have an older brother and two younger sisters. And my dad, what I learned from him, again, he was, he started his own business uh, when he was young with his brothers. And unfortunately, the brothers don't talk to each other as much anymore because there was kind of a toil for small business and being brothers. That's a hard thing to do. That can kind of bring some things about that way. But my dad, he really taught me lead by example. Whenever we had a deadline or something we had to hit, my dad was the one that was in the welding booth welding. My dad was the one that was making sure that we got and hit the target for that day. And that's where I learned to lead by example. And for me, really self-development was probably more sports. What first started for me was I, I was 160 pounds soaking wet. I was small. And all of a sudden I found that I found track. And I realized the harder I worked at that in high school, like I started running at night and started running in the mornings. And then I and then I won my first race, uh, I was hooked. Yep. Right? It was like, okay, so you put the right behavior and you put the work in, you get the reward. What race was it? It was the 800 meter. Ooh, that's a tough race. That is, that a, is the toughest race. It, and, and it really is because it's, it's almost a sprint for two laps. Mm-hmm. Right? And, cause, but, and again, I just wasn't the fastest guy. I'm never going to beat you in 100 meters or 200 meters. Yep. And 400, same hundred, but the 800, I could outgut you maybe. <laughs> I could maybe just keep sprinting. We did enough, keep keep on going that way. The, the first time I think I ever ran the 800 meter dash in high school, I think I tasted blood in my mouth after. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that's, that was really me growing up. And I, and I told you this before, Patrick, I was like, sometimes people find self-development because they hit like a really rough spot in their life or hit rock bottom and then they get there. That wasn't it for me. Mm-hmm. 100%. Like I said, I was, I was parented really great. And from my parents, my mom and dad, but what I found out was I have a PhD now and a master's degree in stupidity. I have done so many dumb things. And that's when I really found personal development is through doing those dumb things. So is, is that what initially drew you to it or was it something else or maybe a, maybe a kind of a cumulative effect of drawing you to self-development? Yeah, I think it was. I think, again, it was the, I had a good foundation. That's always the key, right? You have a good foundation. My parents taught me self-confidence. My mom always told me how to be kind to people, right? Mm-hmm. I didn't ever have this clicky friendships in high school. It was like I wanted to be friends with everybody. I wanted to get yeah. to know everybody, and that's for my mom. My dad taught me you work hard, you get paid for that. You do hard work, you get something for it. So that was a really good foundation for that. 
And that's what it really comes down to is what self-development comes down to is the habits you create, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right? And so, but again, that was for me is again, they set a really nice foundation for me. Yourself, what, what, what was it for you? What, what, what hit it for you? You know, my, my big thing was, <clears throat> and I told you this before we got, before we got started here too, was, you know, I, I, I was a very, very similar situation. You know, I grew up youngest of five, had phenomenal parents. Um, my parents taught me a work ethic like, like none other. Um, unfortunately, I've, I've kind of carried some of the workaholic into, into my professional life that, uh, from, that I learned from my father and such, um, but all good. Uh, you know, my, I was into sports too. You know, football was my thing, did track and field, loved, loved strength and conditioning, health, wellness type stuff. But um, kind of my first big aha was I was a man, I must have been a junior high or, or uh, high school student, and my brother-in-law, Jameson, gave me a binder full of all these motivational and leadership quotes. And it was full of all kinds of info from guys like Newt Rockney and John Wooden and like all your classic, classic coaches. You know, and I remember looking, flipping through that thing, especially in college. Um, I referenced it for some different coaching classes and things that I had. And that was kind of the first thing that kind of started to stir the pot and, and kind of stimulate me as far as self-development. But it really wasn't until I got into coaching where I started to see the need for a lot of that self-development. And, and ironically, it wasn't for myself. It was for other for players for my teams and things that I coached, you know, but eventually it turned into, um, you know, years down the road, I found myself at kind of a crossroads of, uh, leaving teaching. And that's where I really started to lean on self-development. And once I started looking into and reading things, I was absolutely hooked because it really started to show me, um, a completely different path and, and really a different side of me that I had never, ever, seen before, felt before, realized before, you know, and that's that man, that's what drives me with self-development and helping other people in it as well, whether it's businesses, individuals, whatever, of showing people a side of themselves that they've probably never seen, never imagined before. But that's, yeah, that's kind of what started it uh, for me. That's just really well said, because for me, Patrick, what happened for me with self-development was, is I became this person that was really happy and it was genuine mm-hmm. right and it was because i started creating some habits because i wasn't before it was more of that fake happiness right yes that instagram that facebook yeah. filter happiness <laughs> right look at me by my new car and my new house and all these great things and i'm so happy but i but i wasn't yep and that's that's when personal development really hit me was in Again, I had a good foundation, but I wasn't reading. I wasn't doing podcasts. I wasn't doing the things that really helped fill me up now. It really happened for me when I hit a a tough spat. I had a high school girlfriend that we were on again, off again, right? Mm -hmm. And again, when you're in high school, this is the love of your life. Oh, it's everything, man. This is the world. I'm trying to teach my kids this. I'm like, you're going to do this, and you're going to think this person's so important, but it's not. Trust me, it's not. She's the one, Neil. She's the one dad. I know. I know. And so, so yeah, so we went to college, of course, and that's good to try to date during college and stuff. And we were both like on again, off again, on again, off again. And then it was like almost my senior year and we were on again. And I was like, this time it's going to stick. This is going to work. And she was studying one night and I said, I'm going to go over and surprise her with some pizza, right? Her favorite pizza, Hawaiian pizza. I'm going to go to... Such a romance. It was such a nice guy, right? I'm going to, I'm going to, cause she's studying, she's working hard for this test. So I'm going to go talk to her real quick. And, and I walk in the door, I, I open the door and surprise, there's a guy with her. <laughs> I'm, I'm guessing it wasn't her brother. It was not her brother. And I knew that it wasn't a study date by the look on their faces. I knew it was like, this is just, and again, I went to Studying my, fa- something, yeah. I went to my favorite emotion, anger, mm-hmm. right? Like that pizza took a fly and the guy went running. Wow. And then I went running and then I continued to be pissed off for about a year. Wow. So again, you're just running the same pattern over and over and over again. So when I woke up, yeah. what was I thinking about Patrick? Exactly what happened. Yeah. Uh, exactly. That, so do you think that put me in a good state or a bad state? 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that circuitry that you yeah. that you wire. Yeah. yeah, so so every morning I wake up and I'd be just pissed about starting the day because I'm like the love of my life, you know. And then so I would grab a pop tart because that was what I felt like eating or making myself that day. I didn't work out, wasn't doing anything, was just in this bad funk all the time. And then all of a sudden you're driving in your car and damn it, Enrique Iglesias, I can be your hero. But every song you hear, <laughs> right? Every song you hear reminds you of that person, right? And it's not like, oh, I'm thinking about the person I'm going to meet. No, it puts you back in that bad state again. Yep. And now all of a sudden, this is how the whole day perpetuates. Because I'm just running the same pattern. We think 90,000 thoughts a day. Mm-hmm. The problem is 90% of the same dang thing same you thought the thing. day before. Yep. Yeah, isn't that crazy when you think about that? Of just the repetition that's going on in your mind all the time. Right, and we're just thinking the same things until something changes you right? A pattern switches. And that's what self-development helped me with is it made me start thinking of a different pattern. Thank goodness I had a great friend because I got in this bad, right? When you do it for a day, it's a mood. When you do it for a couple months, you're just in a little funk, just a little funk. It's just a funk. It's okay. I'll get out of it. When you do it for a year, I'm sorry, but that's become your personality, man. Mm -hmm. You have turned into this angry, sad person. And that's what I was. And I gained a lot of weight. I was telling you before, I was 240 pounds. And you guys, again, that does not look good on this frame. (laughs) Neil is not 240 pounds or probably anywhere close to 200. Those of you that can't see him here, yeah. Yeah, and so it was was just a really, and it happened really fast. And then guess what happened, Patrick? My best friend, who's still my best friend, he took me to the Olive Garden of all places and sat me down with a never ending bowl of pasta. Sticks, oh yeah. And I'm just, I'm just shoveling in the pasta, the Alfredo. <laughs> and I'm just like, okay, what's up, man? What, what's going on? And he looked at me and he just was straight up and he's like, dude, I can't even look at you anymore. That's a damn good friend. And he, and he just, and it just hit me and he's just like, you, you look terrible. The way you talk sounds terrible. How old were you at this time? Uh, it was like 21 okay. ish. Yep. Yeah. And he, uh, 21, 22, and he, I mean, just hit me with a two by four. And instead, I think Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror was playing in the background too at that time. Because again, it could have been really easy to have been like, hey, screw this guy. Right. Or yeah, not listen to that. Mm -hmm. But he he made some suggestions for me. Health-wise, money-wise, different areas. And I took it and ran with it. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, that summer, lost 70 pounds. In a summer? In a summer. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, just went gazelle. And that's how I do things sometimes is too much intensity sometimes. My no, wife will say, I would never. My guess wife that will say it all the time. She's like, dude, does it have to be all or nothing for you? Right? <laughs> it's the only way. <laughs> and so, and that's what happened. And not to, and again, that, again, and then he suggested, and I'm like, wow, I realized that it's not knowledge it's just my behavior it's 80 mm-hmm. percent behavior 20 percent knowledge because you don't need to know like nobody needs to like oh, i just don't know how to get in shape i just don't know how to lose weight yep and same thing with i i was one hundred eighty thousand dollars in debt wow right and then my buddy said hey you should probably stop getting in debt and he introduced me to dave ramsey oh yeah and i'm not a huge i don't believe in everything dave ramsey says but i was going down a really bad path Yep. Because I was listening to the marketing, right? Like, American dream, buy a house. I bought a house. Shouldn't have bought a house. I was during the housing crisis. I was part Mm -hmm. of that problem, right? Could not afford a house, but I got a house. (laughs) So I got 20% on the HELOC. I got all this. And again, I'm in this huge debt. I'm in this huge problem. And then I read the book, and I'm like, I should be doing this. I should get a debt snowball, pay this stuff off. And this is when me and my wife had just started meet, started dating each other. And, well, not dating. We had bought a house. And so, and all of a sudden, me and her together paid off all that debt in, yep. t- in two years. 180000 180000 two years. And we didn't have these big, huge shovels of jobs. Yeah. Right? I was selling cell phones. You know, she was in a beginning job. But again, we were gazelle intense. We didn't see the inside of a restaurant. And we, we were working at that restaurant. Mm-hmm. You know, we just, we, we went crazy with it. And guess what? Do we fight a lot more now? No, because you know what the number one fight is? Money. Yep. And do you th- so we don't fight because we don't really have those problems. Hmm. And so it's just, a, again, that's when it really woke up for me. And I just thought to myself, well, this has got to work in other areas. Yeah. I know you, you, before we started, you mentioned the tire analogy. 
which yeah. I think is awesome. Explain that. Okay, so I, I think it's like, I, I always tell people, I draw this out usually, Patrick, and, and Pictionary is my biggest fear because people hate, <laughs> I mean, I'm terrible at drawing, but I draw these four circles and I connect them together and I'm like, what is this? And they're like, I have no idea. It's a car. <laughs> and I felt like in life we have, we're, we're like a vehicle. This is my metaphor, right? But there's four tires. And the first one is your health, physical, mental, right? That's that first tire. Over to the right, is your money. And people say money is important. I put it right up to oxygen. It is very important. Mm -hmm. And everybody thinks money is the root of all evil. No, they get that wrong. It's the love of money. If I'm going to yep. hurt you, Patrick, so I can get a couple more smackaroos, that's a problem, right? Yep. It's the love of money. That's the problem. Yep. Very true. Money's amoral, which means it has no good or bad. If you're a good person, you'll do better things with money. If you're a bad person, you'll do worse things with money. Yep. So that was the other areas. I had to get that right. Okay. Okay. First and foremost, though, health, mental first, then physical. Because that's how I had got back into better shape was I interrupted the pattern. I didn't wake up and feel bad anymore. I woke up and said, I'm going to go for a run today. I'm going to make some progress today. Yeah. And like, like you said, it is all about interrupting the pattern. And, and where I think where most people make the biggest mistake is they try to completely flip the pattern upside down to begin with, you know, and when it starts with things like your health, it's really about like drive by the gym first and just think about it, you <laughs> right? know, and then you maybe step inside and check out what's, what's a membership cost the next day. Well, and then the next week you maybe you maybe just wander around the weight room pretending like, you know, something, you know, but well, but each step is a is one step. It's one closer. step closer. But the problem is sometimes we chunk it though too big too. Though oh, we say sure. to ourselves, "Well, I have to get a gym membership, and then I have to get clothes, and I have to get." How yep. about you go go for a walk? Yeah. Oh, the new the New Year's resolution of trying to bust out three miles on the treadmill when you haven't walked at a fast pace in ten years, you know, and then you hate yourself and you give up after three days. Oh, right, because then you're why sore. It didn't work. Yeah, and you're so sore because you're like, "Oh, I can't do this," or, or you're frustrated because you can't do it like you used to. It's like Hey, baby steps here, right? Yeah. Right? It's the long game in these areas. And that's what these four areas, when I talked about it, it's health, it's money, and then it's careers and relationships. And careers and relationships are a lot of same. Do you know why? Because those other people keep getting in the way, okay? Because mm -hmm. they got other people involved in it. And I found out relationships and careers are a lot like each other. It's one of these things where you want to find a company, just like I found in my wife, where I tell them, hey, Every day is not going to be a great day with me. Yep. It's not. I wish it would, but it's not going to be a great day. But I got your back. You got mine. Mm -hmm. And I'll get in the foxhole with you. Yeah. And when you can find a company that's going to do that with you, whoo, that's where things can get a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with your relationships. It's, hey, not every day is going to be awesome, but we're going to have more good than bad, but we got each other's backs. Yeah, and, and people want to give up too soon, too, on things. Whether it's, like you said, whether it's people, whether it's relationships, whether it's their job, you know. I think so many people in today's society are willing to quit on things so soon, way, way sooner than they ever should, instead of, like you said, kind of laying it out in advance. Like, hey, here's the expectation. Here's what's going to happen. Here's how it's going to go down. And it's not going to be all great, you know, because it never is. And the thing is, is I think you nailed it too, is we live in this era, and I get this a lot from Simon Siddick, who's a huge person that I followed for leadership. I yep. think he's just great. Start with yep, why. Leaders eat last. But he talked about it, guys. And anything profound you ever hear me say is lifted from somebody else, because oh, I yeah. have great mentors That's now. all of us. Yeah, I have great, <laughs> awesome mentors. The creepy thing is they don't know me, but I know yeah. them. And it's just, people are like, well, I've never had a good mentor. I've never shown me. Are you kidding me this day and age? Oh, that yeah. is the worst excuse oh, out there. Isn't it? it? You, you cannot Podcasts say Podcasts and oh, books and Audible. That you, so name it. you name much. it. You want, I mean... Everything's at your fingertips and anything you want to learn, anything you want to get better at, improve at, all you have to do is seek it out and start it. Absolutely. And what Simon talks about is we live in this viral place now, right? Where we want everything right now. Mm -hmm. Well, of course we do, right? Look at Amazon. Yeah. We're going to have a fulfillment center out here. It's going to be next day stuff. Like we'll get, right? 
Yep. Like I remember ordering Doc Martens and waiting two weeks and watching them like come to my house, right? It was like, oh my gosh, they're in California. Now they're in Nebraska. Oh, we're close. We're close, right? Now it's like if my kids don't get their stuff in like two days, they're like, what is going on, dad? Yeah. Right? And so we want everything so fast. And that's the same thing in relationships and jobs, right? You talk to these younger kids and like, oh, I don't know. I just really don't think I found my passion. I'm like, this is your second week. Right. Mm -hmm. And they're expecting that they're going to be passionate about something. Well, you're not because you know why? Because you suck at it. Mm -hmm. And we all start off where we're awkward. Then we come average and then you're automatic. Yep. And I don't know about you, Patrick, but when I do something that I suck at or I'm not good at, do you enjoy it? If it's bowling, yes. <laughs> if it's anything else, typically, no. <laughs> right. And that's, and that's why I tell everybody, I'm like, hey, it's going to take a while. Yeah. And sometimes I think some people are like, and I, I get that. Like, I, I'm not trying to say like when people say follow your passion. Well, I don't think a lot of people know what that passion is. So, yeah. So let's touch on that. Because I think, yeah, I think a lot of people make that mistake too of like, oh, I got to find my passion. And I don't know. I don't know about you, Neil, but I'm a big believer in, I don't think you can find your passion until you start to blaze the trail. And what I mean by that is until you really start to test yourself, challenge yourself, become more self-aware, you know, I think is probably the biggest thing of really truly finding yourself, who you are, what the hell you're about. I think then you start to, your passion, I think, becomes more clear. And then once you find your passion, then you can really determine what your purpose is. And once you find those things, man, it's like you're set, you're set, you know, but I think, I think so many people think, you know, I got to find my passion first and I just don't know what it is. Well, I don't think you Tell, tell me your perspective, but I don't think you find that until you start the start the journey. Oh, 100%. And I think that's the hugest problem is people, and again, I think when people are saying it, they don't mean what they're saying. Everybody's just reading into it more that when they say follow your passion, they think, well, that must be something that I just love doing and I, I want to do it all the time and it's yep. great and it's awesome. It's like, I always tell people, follow your effort. Mm. That's the only thing that's in your control. Just give ultimate effort in what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden that passion will come because like you, you said, and you nailed it is like, all of a sudden you start thinking like, Oh, I really do like this. Yeah. I'm getting better at this. And the funny thing happens when you start getting better at something and you like it, you start doing it when you don't have to. Yes. And then all of a sudden you're doing it more and more. And what does that give you more value? And then all of a sudden you're better than other people in this area. And then confidence comes. And then confidence comes with yep. that. And all of a sudden you have confidence, you have value and, and guess what? You get paid for that. Mm-hmm. Because you're unlike anybody else in those areas because you've worked so hard at it. Yep. And again, that's how you be. What everybody's looking at, they're looking at matured passion. They see Beyonce. They see these people. They see, and they say, I want that. I want, oh, it would be great to have that. That put in years or decades of suck, <laughs> to put it simply. <laughs> and, you, and, and, and I think, you know, people don't do hard stuff. People don't want to do hard stuff. And you only find it through doing hard things, I think. Absolutely. And that's what it comes down to is actually doing it. You can self-help yourself to death. Like I was getting to a point that I loved so much of this personal help, all this stuff. I was overdoing it. Right. <laughs> yep. Instead of actually executing on it. Yeah. Cause it's about implementing it. Cause you can read as much, you can read mountains of stuff, but until you implement it and execute it. Yeah, Absolutely. And I had some friends that were doing that, that all of a sudden like, well, I just gotta go to another conference and then I'm going to do it. Like if you have to do the if then then statements, yeah, that's terrible. Like, well, if I this happens, then I'll start doing it. No, just yep. go, and that's the hardest thing. You can read things and understand things. It's the execution. I know it's cliche, but it's just a hundred percent the truth. Is yep. and that's what gives you confidence. Is when you do things that are hard. Yes, and the way you do that is practice, mm-hmm. just like with anything, because practice is controlled failure. Right. Mm-hmm. You get to control the failure and you can get better at it. Yeah. Fail small. Fail yeah. small. Yeah. And so, so yeah. So I, I think like we were talking about is again, these four areas, I kind of decide like, how, how can I be like long-term great in these four areas? How can I play the long game in these four areas of my car analogy? Right. Mm-hmm. And then I just kept growing the car analogy more and more like, okay, who's in the car with you? Who's driving shotgun? Cause that's important. Oh yeah. You know, who's, who's in the car with you? Is it, is it negative Nancy? 
Huh? Is it Karen? Is it Karen? Yeah. Huh? Is it, is it Karen? Is it a Karen? Because because that's that's going to drive you. Because every time you have something bad, and I went to a friend and said, I can't believe my ex-girlfriend was cheating on me. I can't believe it. And he's like, yeah, that sucks. You're better than that. She's a terrible person. No, my friend's like, hey, get over it, you loser. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, right? That's the right person to have the car on you. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing with my wife, shotgun. But careful the words you say. Like people give up on things too early. Look at marriage now. But what do you hear sometimes? Well, you might as well get married and be miserable like the rest of us. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Going in with the expectation. Right, right. Yeah. Like an, oh, the old ball and chain. Don't call my wife my ball and chain. No, no, no. No, no, no. <laughs> Mrs. Kelch does not like that. <laughs> you no, know, I don't like that. Yeah. Right? And, and and again, that's the words we're using. Be careful with that. Yeah. Because it's, it's very important. We all do it. We don't notice it sometimes, right? Like, oh, can't wait for the weekend, you know, working for the weekend, hump day. Oh, you know, it's like, oh, we, you gotta yeah. be so careful with those kind of things because again, you're just setting yourself up for it. I was just talking to some, uh, the sales reps and you know, they, they're making comments like, I'm just not good at remembering names. I'm like, well, you're never going to be, if you keep saying that, mm-hmm. right. Cause again, what are we, we're so, we're just saying it. And then we, that's what we're going to become. You just said it out loud. Yeah. I think of, when you say that, I think of, um, uh, what book is it? I think it's, it might be American Sniper uh, by Chris Kyle, um, where he's talking about the expectation of SEALs coming into training. And I, I'm pretty sure it's him, but he, uh, but he says the only thing that separated those that made it from those that quit, like literally like two days left or a day left, like during hell week, was the guys that made it were the ones that came in with the expectation and thought process of it doesn't matter what happens or how much it sucks. There's no way I'm giving up on it because I mean, those, those months of training are strategically programmed to break a person. If they are going to break and have made, have made up their mind going in, they will break in that time. And that's why some of them quit. I mean, only a day, two days before graduating. I mean, they've put in months of training, you know, and I think, yeah, I think a lot of people struggle with that, of the expectation going into hard, difficult things. You know, like I mentioned, like New Year's resolutions, you know, oh, we'll see how long this lasts right. or, oh, you know, uh, you know, whether it's marriage, whether it's losing weight, whether it's your job, you know, oh, we'll see how long I'm at this one. You know, well, if you go into things with that kind of expectation, I mean, law of attraction, man, what you're thinking is going to gravitate toward you. You're going to, you're going to fizzle out, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's touch on, Neil, the four areas, because one thing I wanted to do for this episode uh, for listeners is really touch on some of the big influences that you've had, that I've had in some of those different areas. So let's touch. Which one do you want to start on? Health, you, you health finance, it. career, relationships? You, you, you name it, man. Tell me. What do you want to start with? Let's start on just business slash career stuff. Yeah. So what have been what have some have been some of the biggest influences, whether it's books, podcasts, you know, I, I really want to try to give listeners where's a place to start. Yeah. If you're looking for, you know, if you're toying with the idea of self-development or you're just kind of dipping your toe in the water or maybe you're all in, you know, what are some of your favorite resources or places to go? First things first, do what works for you. If you hate reading, don't read. Yeah. <laughs> OK, I was not great at reading. I was accelerated reader champ in 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 uh, in uh, when I was in elementary because it was a competition. Yep. Not because I was good at reading, but I found out that I really liked Audible. Okay. And then I was traveling all the time, so I had a rolling library. Oh yeah. So I loved to go to Minot or Dickinson because I'm like I can read like two books. This is yeah. amazing. And then I go implement when I get it out there. So again, and there's so many podcasts that are out there, guys. There's just if you want a podcast for your individual niche, it's out there. <laughs> Yeah. Just, it's so great that it's out there. So there's so many business podcasts. There's so many things that are out there. But for me, the huge one, what we talked about was in, if you want to get better at something, for me, it was sales when I started in sales and I wasn't good at it. And people would say, oh, you're just naturally good at sales because you were, I was extroverted. Mm-hmm. That's, that's code for lazy, <laughs> right? Like, oh, I'm just naturally good at it. Yep. If Michael Jordan said that, he's just naturally had the talent for basketball, but didn't put the work in. Oh. Yeah. So true. I mean, so again, so for me, it was all of a sudden I was told some of the people are like, Hey, there's these podcasts. And so all of a sudden I started listening to these sales podcasts and then I got big into Grant Cardone. Mm-hmm. And again, there's some things I don't love about Grant Cardone, but yep. there's some really good things too. 
And then Tony Robbins was a huge person for me for sales because sales is psychology. Oh, it's, it's mindset. all psychology. And that's why I really yeah. liked sales so much. But that's what really, and then all of a sudden, I started taking some of their tactics, always stay in agreement, always do, you know, all these different things that they talk about on the podcast and start doing them in. And that's the best thing you can do. As soon as you learn it, go do it. Practice it. Go exactly. do it and go put it into action, right? And yep. as soon as you do it, don't be like, well, that didn't work. I'm never doing that again. Understand that you're not going to do it great the first time. Like you said, practice it, get better at it. And then all of a sudden you start having some success, just like anything. Mm -hmm. You start making progress. That's what's great. In any area, you want to start making progress. And you're like, ooh, I want to do this some more. Yeah. I know one of my favorite business books that I've read recently is uh, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss. That, and you gave me the notes on that. And do, if you guys ever want notes from somebody, get them from Patrick. <laughs> I'm an extensive note taker. He, the so. greatest notes. He's, yes, great <laughs> notes on that book. And I, again, love that book. Love that book? Yeah. Chris Voss. Chris yeah. Voss? Yeah. Look what he's doing. See what he's doing right there? He's mirroring me. He's mirroring me. Sounds like. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fa fantastic book, though, about, uh, I mean, even way beyond sales, uh, just connecting with people in general, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, just the psychology of connecting with people, whether it's whether it's a business prospect, your spouse, I mean, man, you know, of, of how to, um, those of you not familiar with who Chris Voss is, he was a former, he was the former lead uh, hostage negotiator for the United States for the FBI for a while. And now he runs a, a business group called the Black Swan Group. And they specialize in negotiation and sales. They run trainings all over the country. But his book is a fantastic read about the psychology of uh, communication in sales, business. Um, and his book flashes back. I think every chapter he starts with a specific negotiation that he actually experienced while working for the FBI and uh, super interesting read, uh, absolutely fantastic. But he's got a great masterclass too online if anyone checks out masterclasses. So. And that's a great resource too. And it's so inexpensive, that masterclass. And they have mm -hmm. such good stuff and it's relevant and it's up to date. It's short, it's sweet, it's exactly. to the point. Exactly, it's to the point. It's, and again, that's just it. For me, it's that, it's that habit you want to get into. Mm -hmm. And it's really like if someone wants to start reading or podcasting and stuff, they're like, I want to start this. Well, maybe instead of adding, subtract something out. Yes. What's going to leave your life that you're going to be able to put this in? Yep. Because again, it's what the priority is. And that's what I'd suggest to people. Because for me, it was like, I kept trying to add things, but I didn't have time for it. Well, yeah. something's got to give. Are you, are you familiar with Law of the Rubber Band? That no. John Maxwell talks about. Yeah, I think I they get a stretch to. So yeah, so like everything, everything in your life, you know, you have tension. You know, you have tension with relationships, and I don't mean negative tension. I mean just things that are pulling you. Yeah. You have relationships. You have business. You have uh, your social life. You have all these things, and you only have so much cumulative tension on all these bands that are pulling you in multiple directions. Some are pulling you positively. Some may be pulling you negatively in your life, but. If you need to pull in another direction, say positively, let's say something around relationships or work or whatever, you have to pull back somewhere else. Because if you get pulled in too many directions, obviously that cumulative tension, you're gonna snap somewhere. Right. You know, and and I and I love that idea of people try to, you know, people try to add more and more and more and more in their life. And it's like if you want to get more out of your life, focus on less. Right. You know, focus on what, you know, what are your values, what's really important to you. Uh, and if you structure everything in your life around those, that's when you truly find balance and happiness. And I don't think people get that. People are always looking for the physical things. The, I want a boat. I want a lake house. I want fame. I want money. I want all this crap. You know, and you look at celebrities. I mean, look at these celebrities, um, unfortunately that, I mean, even commit suicide and yeah. things like that, or they're, you know, filling themselves with drugs or, or whatever it may be, because, you know, you can have everything in the world. But in the end, you really don't have anything sometimes. No, it's, you nailed it. And I, that took me a while for money. Mm -hmm. Cause when I was young in sales, I thought to myself, oh yeah, I'm just gonna make a bunch more money and then I'll be happy and yeah. things will be good. Right. I'm going to have my house, my 2.5 children, my white picket fence, and things are going to be awesome. It's going to be great. It's yeah. going to be amazing. And then you kept hitting these milestones and you're like, well, where's the happiness? Yeah, where's well, the fulfillment? Yeah. That's not there. And again, the absence of money is bad too, because if you can't pay your bills and if you can't yeah. survive, makes it damn tough. It does. So yeah. there, so I'm not trying to say, but yes, again, but these, like you said, these superficial things are not where it's going to make you happy. 
Yep. It's not going to get you across the finish line that way. And for me, for like, like I said, for the money part of things, and that's where I kind of found the Dave Ramsey, but, and other people found different places. But again, everybody thought like a budget was going to make me like that's suffocating, right? Mm-hmm. It was so freeing, Patrick. Oh, yeah. It was, it was finally like I knew where my money was going instead of at the end of the month, I'm like, where did my money go? Yeah. Uh, actually which knew. is very easy to do oh it is because because i never budgeted it and we never talked money at my house great parents great everything but we money was taboo right yep. so again i went to college which again don't get me started on college because i think my kids will go to school and stuff like that but i get really kind of like oh i don't know about college because who <laughs> gives a kid a loan for like fifty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars and be like hey my future looks pretty bright so go ahead give me some yeah. money like no <laughs> bank would do that but yeah. that's what we're doing with colleges yep and some of them aren't even finishing school. And so my parents never taught me much about college. And then I started going this just on a spiral of like, like you said, trying to keep up with the Joneses, mm-hmm. trying to keep up with people I didn't even like. Nobody ever says, hey, look at my 89 Honda my husband paid off for me, right? It's always the brand <laughs> new vehicle. It's always the new thing, right? It's never yeah. like, you know, we're not, we're not putting a, a spotlight on those type of things. So let's talk money. Dave yeah. Ramsey was a big influence. Yep. Um, for me, Robert Kiyosaki. Oh, Rich been, Dad, Poor Dad. Oh, yeah, great yeah, stuff. If if any of the listeners have not read that book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad is a unbelievable read of even just the basic concept of assets versus liabilities in your life. You know, thinking of everything that can make you money versus items that are truly costing you money. You know, and I don't know, do you have any other good financial resources? I mean, I know Dave Ramsey's a huge one, and he and he and Kiyosaki have two completely different yes, and that's what's ideas. Just, and that's what's and, and again, but that's where finding that balance because yep. they have to take those stances, right? Mm-hmm. If Dave Ramsey always said like, "Oh, you can get a credit card if you're responsible," then he'd be shunned, right? Yeah. So he's got to take this hard line. And again, what I respect about Dave is it's a behavior thing, where I can have a credit card because I haven't abused that, right? But I understand why he says don't have a credit card because most people don't have the right behavior down. They don't have the right habit down. So they use that credit card when they shouldn't be using that credit card. And that's why, like I said, you you got to take just nuggets out of these things that you're taking from. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we drink the, sometimes we get too deep into it sometimes. And that's sometimes what I did was I went too far. And that's where me and my wife sometimes got friction. Yep. Because I, I, I watch Tony Robbins and I'm just like, oh my God, I love this guy. This is great. Some people don't understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to change your state, change your pattern. That's why he's jumping up and down and getting crazy. My wife thinks, is this a cult? What's going on here? And, and it does it does look like that from the outside. You know, I I have family members too that are like, oh my God, you mean the guy from the 80s commercials? <laughs> right, the infomercials? Yeah, right? and I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on. I said, there's a, there's a method to the madness and people don't realize, I mean, like you said, the pattern interrupts and the physical state alters mental state. I mean, there's reasons behind all of it. And from the outside, yes, it looks very cultish. It looks crazy. It looks like a bunch of BS, you know, but it's man, it works. Yeah. And, but what did I do? Big dumb animal. When I first was getting into it, hadn't even gone to like a self-help done anything in personal stuff. And I tell my wife, Hey, I'm going to Tony Robbins. It's five grand. Thanks. (laughs) Like, do you think that was the best idea? No. And I had set this up with my good friend that I had talked to and we we're going to go on this trip and I could feel the ice at my house. Like it was icy. <laughs> it was, and we just don't usually have that problem. And I'm yep. like, Oh, this ain't good. This ain't good. Did and you end up going? No, I didn't. You didn't. Cause I told my wife, there's one person I love more than Tony Robbins and that I have no resentment towards it at all either. Huh? And she's like, wow, that's really great. I go, yeah, I listened to Tony Robbins. That was my little dig. That was <laughs> Dude, we, we got to go to Tony. Cause to- Tony, Tony's been on my list. Oh, I mean, yeah. So, okay. So now deeper that I've talked about this, understand it more. And yeah, I think I'll I'll have a chance to go to Tony Robbins. We'll put that in the bucket list. We'll make that happen. (laughs) But so that, that, that was for me again, another, just, again, I could have had a bunch of resentment that she Mm -hmm. doesn't understand me. She doesn't get me. No, it's my fault. And that's when you find out everything is your fault. Oh, it's a beautiful world to live in. And when you, when you expect nothing and just really appreciate everything, and I, I'm just saying this, and this took me a long time, guys. I know these things are over and over. That, that's just the mind shift, the pattern interrupt. You know how hard that is, though? It's much easier to work out. Yeah. It's much easier to train your muscle and stuff like that, but to train your mindset and to start thinking in that different way. And again, there's just no bad days anymore. Yep. There might be some bad moments. Maybe a, I, I get mad when there's a bad hour. And it's, and it's really raw to think about the concept of like putting expectations on others will only lead to heartbreak. 
Yeah. But to an extent, it's very true. You know, you, you, there's, only, uh, there's only a handful of things that you control. What you think, what you say, what you feel, what you do. That's it. And people think they have this gigantic sphere of influence in their life over other people and things and happenings. And it's like, hold on, back up. You only control those four things, what you think, feel, say, do. And that's it. So if you, if you start putting expectations on other people to do something in the realm of those four items, you're going to be mistaken, we'll say. Absolutely. And it's the same thing. If you're waiting for an outside force to change your life, you're going to be waiting a long time. Oh, Think man. about the election right now. Think about how much toil that's bringing to everybody. If you're waiting for the president to change your life, it's going to be longer than four years. I'll tell you that right now. And I might lean a different way or lean that way, but no president's going to decide if I have a good day yeah. or a good four years. I'm going to make sure I'm kicking butt in whatever is in. Yep. And again, and I'm sorry, but that's what that, if you think something outside is going to change your day, you're going to be waiting, like you said, a long, long, long time. Yeah. The, pow the power that we hold as individuals is so underestimated. You know, and once, a, and, and I think the whole journey to self-development once, I think that is the number one thing that you find where it's like the combination lock. It's like where you finally find the key to that combination lock. And once you unlock that concept of if it's up to me or if it's going to be, it's up to me, that idea, that whole principle, that is when a person makes that entire shift and takes off, you know, and I think, every, and I think. That's what everyone's looking for, unknowingly looking for that when it comes to self-development right. of that idea of it's on me and nobody else. Right. And, and that's a hard thing to look inward and look in oh. that man in the mirror. Because, again, I can rationalize things. Oh, absolutely. I can negotiate best with myself. Start thinking some things you in your head. Make excuses. Oh, and, easy. It's yep. simple. Oh, it's because of this or that. Absolutely. Or, That's not I have my... no control over that. Exactly. Yep. And so we got to really stop that self-talk. Mm -hmm. And that's where I always say is like, we all have a belief or a story. Okay. So we have a belief in a story that we, we keep telling ourselves over and over again. And that belief in the story is normally BS. Yes. Okay. It is. It's just BS. I have a BS flag in my yeah. pocket right now. Okay. And he, he seriously means that, you guys, just so you I carry know, because I've seen the BS. I, and I've never thrown it on Patrick, so he's he's been good. He's because he's he's been good. But, but most of the time I never throw it at anybody unless you really provoke me. It's for me. The yep. BS flag is for me because every once in a while I start believing in this story in my head, like, oh, no C-suite individual wants to talk to me. Why the heck would Patrick want me on his podcast? He's got people that are writing books. He's got these other people. Why would he want me on their day? I'm just a loser. Right. Like seriously, mm -hmm. that like that could yeah. that's the talk that can sit and go through your head over and over and over again. And you gotta shut that thing up. You gotta confu that thing out of there for yourself. Absolutely. How about how about Neil as far as personal items, like as far as resources and such? I know you mentioned kind of we talked a little bit financial, we kind of talked uh we touched on the health wellness a little bit, not so much resources, but how about personal? Um, you know, I think of my biggest probably my biggest influence in the last few years, per the last few years personally. Um, was the book Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Hmm. So it's all about finding the silver lining in everything. And the, the book is so masterfully written where he starts every chapter with a famous story from history about someone that was faced with an enormous task, impossibility, you know, uh, something that could never be conquered. Uh, you know, I think of like uh, when Thomas Edison's laboratory burned down and the people of the town ran and got him and they said, you're, 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 everything, your research, your years of research and everything are burning down. What are you going to do? And he said, well, I need to grab my son so we can go watch. And they said, what the hell are you talking about? And he goes, well, when's the next time we're going to see a fire this big? Oh, wow. You know, and fast forward only a year or two, Edison had cranked out his biggest inventions, made more money than he ever had because of that happening in his life of everything of his burning down. It was just a catalyst in pushing him further, faster, higher. And the whole, the whole story, I mean, the whole book is, is riddled with stories like that beginning of each chapter, but it really challenges a person to look at everything in your life that you see as negative, impossible, bad. Um, it's, it's 
the way to success or finding yourself or, you know, looking at that silver lining. And it was, it was, it was a mind blowing read for me um, just in the last couple of years here. That's great. And I'd say for me, Patrick, it's been podcasts. Like I know, you know, Ed Milet. Mm-hmm. Oh, one got, of my favorites. Yeah, me too. I mean, I was just, I really got in a deep dive with Ed. I would just, I'd be listening to him all the time. Yep. And he's got a lot of similarities to, uh, our uh, boy, Tony Robbins, yep. right? Very similar, know each other, know of each other. And for me, one of the podcasts, they talked about a morning routine. routine, mm-hmm. <clears throat> And that's the biggest game changer in my life. And I can tell you exactly where I'm at of where I am with my morning routine. And so what I would suggest to people is get into that habit, mm-hmm. right? Start forming that morning routine habit. And for me, it's getting up early. Okay, so I'm up early, but how do you get to bed early? I was just talking to this. How do you get up early? Go to bed early. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a, sim- yeah, work backwards. I'm a bedtime ninja, Patrick. Yeah. Like, you try to get me out <laughs> past 930, good luck. Not happening, right? I'm, I'm I think go- I have once, actually, and I think you shot me down. <laughs> yeah, see? I, I, I just don't do it. I just, I, I, I want to get to bed early so I can get up early. Weird, right? Because mm-hmm. when I get up early... And I can do my hour of power. And when my hour of power is, I get up at five o'clock and then for an hour of power, I listen to an audible. I listen to Ed Milet. I listen to uh, different kind of podcasts. And then my next step then is, is to go work out for the next hour. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times I keep the podcast going or I get music depending what I need to get going, but move something, push something, pull something, get a sweat going for yourself. Yep. When, when I do, and then prior to that, prior to I start, it's a little grateful. Just a little gratitude time. Yep. Specific gratitude of what I'm happy for for that day. And that is so underrated. Oh. The gratefuls. I know we do oh. that with our daughter every single night when, and she'll, she'll be four here shortly. But when she lays down every night, we say a few prayers and then we always finish with gratefuls. And it's amazing what she will come up with. I Love mean, it. not even four years old. And she'll come up with things where my wife and I just look at each other and go, Wow. <laughs> like, where did that come from out of a three and a half year old's mind yeah. of the little things that she finds grateful? I mean, from like, it was a sunny day. I'm grateful that it was a sunny day. And it's like, sometimes you forget, I mean, things as simple as that in, yeah. in your everyday life, you know? And, and that's just it. It's when I get up and I start being grateful because we do things because of pleasure or pain. So mm-hmm. at five o'clock in the morning, I'd rather stay in my nice warm bed. It's oh, yeah. more pleasurable right there. But then I think to myself, if I don't get up, is my father-daughter dance going to be fierce? No, it's not. Are my boys going to beat me in a race when they're 16? They got a better chance if dad doesn't get up and get running right now, right? Yeah. Then that pe- pleasure and pain in my mind says, nope, getting out of bed right now, right? Yeah. The, habit, the-, the habit piece of it, I think, like you said, is, is the biggest key, but the hardest part for people to do. Like people want to kind of like, oh, kind of just do it once in a while. Or it's, it's the habit that it's the habit of it and the repetitiveness of it that leads to the success of it. Absolutely. And you got to have that juice. Why are you doing it? Mm -hmm. And that's what that gratefulness does for you, right? Like what, why are you doing that? Why have you had this? What's the juice that gets you flowing and gets you going for this kind of stuff? Yeah. You, you mentioned Simon Sinek earlier, you know, the start with why. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal read, whether it's putting together your business and knowing the why behind your business. But I think more so even just personally. Absolutely. Why, why do you do what you do? You know, what's important to you? What are your right. values? You know, you look at a guy, you look at a person's calendar, you'll see where their priorities lie. Absolutely. And that's another thing is like, you think that's like, again, you think that's like a jail, a schedule, a budget, right? No, it's freeing. It is. Because you freeing. know what your priorities are. You don't want to put it down there because if you actually put down what you do in a day and you looked at it, you would be pissed off. Yeah, you, a lot of times you'd look at it, because there's days I'm like that too. Where I look, if I wrote down everything I did during the whole day, you'd be like, "Oh, this was not a good day." <laughs> yeah, you look at your higher highest performers in the world, you know, like your Elon Musk's and guys like that. People don't realize that they schedule out every five minutes of their life. Isn't that something? Like they, they, literally, that's how, that's yeah. how down to the because that's they know how precious the time is and they have mm-hmm. to prioritize and they got to know what to say no to. Right. There's got to be exactly. a lot of knowing that, too. There has to be. And and, and uh, I, I learned this from Cardone, I think, is if you have white space on your calendar, you'll find the devil. Oh, for sure. Right. Like, because you will, because if you got no time, oh, I'm just going to look on Facebook real quick here. And you're getting used by Facebook instead of using Facebook. Mm-hmm. Right. Because all of a sudden you're in a rabbit hole. For me, it's fantasy football. I would go down a <laughs> rabbit hole of that. And I actually physically replaced my fantasy football app with my Audible app. Because that's yep. what it was like, okay, I got to stop doing this. Mine might be classic rock videos on YouTube. <laughs> that's your, it's the rabbit hole you go down? <laughs> well, mine recently, Cobra Kai. Oh. 
I mean, oh my God, it's a great show. I have, I have not gotten to Don't that yet. Don't even start it. But it's, it's, it is on my list. It is amazing. I, and I'm not a big Netflix guy. Usually every winter, my wife and I pick like, all right, let's, that's like one thing we're going to watch this winter. <laughs> and that's usually it because it's like, right? yeah, here, here in North Dakota, winters get long. They get, they're dark. There's uh yeah, you're looking for things to do when it's dark at 515 at night, as crazy as that sounds. So yeah, we usually try to plug into one thing like that, but I love it. Well, I love that you're talking about your daughter who's four years old, which I can't believe because I remember talking to you about that, you know, in the bat and how fast it goes. Mm -hmm. I got twins that are turning 10 and I got another that turned 10 and I got a little guy that's turning nine here in December. So, so let's touch on that as far as the self dev piece. Cause how do you handle all that? That's, that's what I was going to talk to you about because what hit me hard was I'm like, I am getting all this information in, in other areas. I hadn't picked up a book for that, for mm-hmm. how to be a better dad. And I was, I was really like, what are you doing? Like, this is the most important job you have, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I really got into the growth mindset with Carol DeWick, yes. which has been just my playbook, yep. right? Then there's been some like strong dad, strong dad, strong fathers, boys will be boys, and just learning a little bit more about how I could parent better. Because again, it's such a hard, that's just a hard yes. thing, right? It's yeah. like parenting. And, and and to give people advice on parenting is like the taboo, right? Oh, don't, just, don't go there, man. Don't, yep. And yep. I used to do it when I didn't have kids. I would sit there and be like, I'm never going to let my kids do that. I never let yeah. them eat in the living room. I would never do that. <laughs> never say never. Because when you want sleep as a parent, you're like, I'll do anything. Yeah, you I'll, will. You'll do anything. And so I never judge anybody that way. Yep. And so for me, but like those books, like the growth mindset, that is just such a great book. Yeah. And to teach my kids that. And then like you said, when you start seeing your kids doing it, like my daughter, when I tell her, Hey, have a good day. And she says to me, well, I'm the only one that decides if it's good dad. So it's going to be, oh, that's awesome. I just, you, I get like literally goosebumps. Yep. Right. Like, cause I'm just like, she's getting it. Yeah. When she's, we, when we take our daughter to daycare every morning, uh, we do affirmations with her. No. So as we're driving in the car, we'll say, Zara, do you want to do your affirmations? And she'll she'll either say yes or no. And if she says no, then we start doing them. And then she'll get angry. And she'll be like, no, 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 I want to, I want to. And then she'll do them. But she will literally sit in the back seat and we'll say, okay, go ahead. And she'll say, I am helpful. (laughs) I am kind. I am responsible. And it, it is just the sweetest little thing. But it's like, man... We really stressed that from day one. I mean, because we, we adopted her. I mean, so we had time to, and we were, man, we were 30, she's, I was 34, I think, when we adopted our daughter. And we we really said from day one, like, we want her to be a fierce, confident leader, yeah. you know? And we've, and we've really stressed all of those pieces from day one with her of, like, we want her to be confident. Um, and those after things like those affirmations and the gratefuls and all those just little things, just the, the minor programming and circuitry that you are building in those little brains, you know, I mean, zero to seven, a child's personality is set in concrete basically from the years of zero to seven, which is unbelievable to think about. It just, it just blows your mind thinking like that. Mm -hmm. And I'll tell you what, the reason I started looking into it is just like anything I started looking into, I was stumbling a little bit. Mm-hmm. stumble don't fall but i was stumbling because i am a pretty happy-go-lucky person my son was was turning me into anger once in a while because he's yeah. most like me and i'm like are you kidding me a five-year-old a four-year-old is making me react like this like how embarrassing and i would i would and then when whenever you get to that state of anger right because all anger is a cry for help mm-hmm. so it's pretty much me and my son and then i would get so angry at his behavior Again, he's five. <laughs> what do you think? Right? That I would do something that would be like so like out of the realm of what a punishment should be that I would have to go apologize and be like, hey, sorry, we're not taking that away or we're not doing that. Or so I lost all my val- my leverage because I, I had gone to anger. Mm-hmm. And so again, that was just something I had to work on. And again, it wasn't anything terrible, but it was just a wake-up sign to me that was saying, okay. Yep. What's going, like, you got to be better at this. There's got to be a better way of handling this, right? Mm-hmm. And again, there's resources out there. Oh, So unlimited. many resources. And that's why I want to just make sure, you know, it's it's not, there's just, there's this thing called Google. It's really cool. It's just like, in, in, in like you said, YouTube. And, <laughs> it's brand new in North Dakota here. <laughs> it just started. We just heard about it. <laughs> right. But you type some stuff in there and, and my goodness, there's some good information out yeah. there and some podcasts and some books. 
And then you just, again, you just start putting them into effect and then they start working. You start having some progress with them. And that's how, for me, really self-development happened was, again, it was through trial and error. It is, absolutely. And and again, let's turn decades into days, right? Like, let's watch somebody else do it. They wrote books about it. Yeah. You know, sometimes with sales, I tell some people, I'm like, you guys, I'm telling my reps, I'm like, I got the golden ticket. I feel like I'm Willy Wonka for five years. I did it wrong. (laughs) Let me show you the right way. Right. Let me give you the path of the right way. But you have to do it yourself. Yeah. I always think of Tony Robbins story of the very first um, conference he went to. I think it was Jim Rohn. Yeah. He he worked for Jim Rohn. Yeah. Yeah. where, where Where he talked about, you know, he he had trouble finding the money to go to it and he couldn't understand how why it costs so much. And I think it was Jim that looked at him and said, Tony, if I can condense decades of learning into one weekend for you, you can literally go through a time warp personally, development wise. Why wouldn't anybody do that? And I think that's where a lot of people get hung up on is uh, some of the self-development stuff too, is like doing something like that. It costs a lot of money. It's a big investment, but it's also a life-changing experience and can be like, the keystone happening that really shifts your life in a different direction, you know? Yeah. And, and that's, uh, you nailed it. It's, and again, and some people like for self-development, the people are getting into it and stuff like that. They think everything should be free or everything should be given to, or it's Mm -hmm. just value added and you can get it anywhere. Well, that's great. But again, I think, like you said, when you go to these seminars, you go to these places, what do you find? like-minded people mm-hmm. right yeah and, and you that, need to hang around more people like that you do because you, you become the five people you hang around most who's right? in your car with you man who yep. you driving with who you riding with and that's why like again this relationship works well because we see each other we get each other energized we get each other pumped up we're talking ideas we're not talking like hey did you hear what Susie was doing down at the water you know what I mean? yeah, exactly <laughs> right like it's more energetic it's exciting yes. it's pumped right but then you have some people that bring you down right and I'm sorry, that might be mom or dad, but you need to, and I know you can't cut them out of your life, but you got to get away from it more often. Mm-hmm. If somebody is bringing you down and, is, and you don't, you're not getting a good mojo from them, you got to find a way to cut that out of your life a little bit, yep. you know, and, and, and be that sphere of influence you're around. So, yeah. Love it. Well, let's finish, Neil, by, um, tell us just a little bit about BNG. So you're manager of sales at BNG. Um, I love working with the team mm. and, and my gosh, if, if there is a culture in Fargo in a business that anybody would ever want to be a part of. It is that BNG team in Fargo. Um, it's, you can't even describe it of just the growth. Like you said earlier, growth mindset, self-development is huge. Uh, the support, the communication, the openness, the transparency, but, um, tell us just a little bit, I mean, about BNG's offerings, the business as a whole. Yeah. I mean, just a first to piggyback what you said there, Patrick. I mean, I know it's lip service. I work for the company. This is going out to the ether. So I, you know, but the bottom line, I've worked for some great companies. This is the human beings, Ryan Goodman, Brady Nash. They are absolutely, it's a honey empire, right? Mm-hmm. It's people are first. Yep. And they have to make money to keep playing this game of life, of, of helping businesses and going through things. But people matter first. And they have great people. And when you have great people that are counting on you, you don't want to mess up. You want to work harder. You want to work together. And so many people see the slides and all these great benefits and these things that we have at BNG, which is great, right? But if we didn't have a good culture, mm. it'd be, it would make it worse. It would make people think we're hiding things, but it, it is. It's just a great culture like you spoke to. And I just, I just want to say that first, because that's really what uh, makes everything else in our offerings that we do so great Yep, is, is the fact that we believe in them and that we can holistically help that we're a business solution for other companies. And we just do so many different things for companies and it, whatever stage they're in where they're hitting this lid because B&G probably went through it, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, where they, they had these issues, they had these problems, you know, and that's how it all started. It's kind of the same thing as they started 15 years ago in the payments industry. And so, so that's anything of where you guys are getting paid, where you get credit cards, where you're taking in payments. And so you've probably used some of B&G's mm-hmm. equipment right now and you don't even know you're doing it. Yep. And then all of a sudden they wanted to help their customers more. So they got into point of sale. 
So again, so this is restaurants, your retail places where you have point of sale. And then we found out when we were taking point of sale on that all of a sudden we had aging AR because we had invoices people had to pay. And then we're like, oh, we should really, all of a sudden we have all this money sitting here that's an aging AR. We created a product that helped collect that aging AR, Connect Booster. Mm -hmm. And so now we have a SaaS product that's onto that. And then when they were young and scrappy, they had to find a way to get marketing out there. And they did guerrilla style and they found a really cool, good ways of doing it. Well, now they're doing that for other companies. We have a design side of our company with digital marketing. We have a promotional side of the company. We have insurance side of the company that can protect all your business assets. Yep. So there's just really everything. And then you're getting involved with us with EOS training and helping us making sure we're staying on track with all these different things. And then we just recently with True IT merger. So we're learning the MSP space more and more. But every place your business is in, we have some sort of solution that can help. Yep. And that's what's just, again, what's so fun is working for a team that, again, I got your back, you got mine, let's go to work together, let's go have some fun together. And that's what they preach. Let's be great at yeah. it, but let's have fun doing it. Yeah, And it, it is such a fun, such a fun environment, fun atmosphere. And like you said, fantastic people, um, absolutely fantastic people there. So, uh, and I believe is a bngteam.com. Bngteam.com. It's a website. Awesome. So where, uh, Neil, where can our listeners find you, follow you? Are you a big social media guy? And I should be Patrick because I <laughs> applaud Patrick. And I said, Patrick was the most, um, like, like most consistent person. That's habit again of getting on social media. And that's what people don't do is they're just consistently posting, getting their message, getting it across there. And I kind of let B and G be that. And I know I got to have my own personal brand, but I was getting used by social media. Because I would all of a sudden get on there and I'd go down a rabbit hole and all of a sudden mm -hmm. it'd be an hour and a half and I, I wasn't using it the right way. Yep. And so, no, I, I'm I'm mostly active on LinkedIn right now because I think it's a great community for business people. So if, yep. if, if you hear this and definitely reach out to me on LinkedIn, hit me up on LinkedIn. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I love LinkedIn. Fantastic platform. So, well, Neil, I greatly appreciate you coming in today. Um, fantastic message around uh, self-development, where to start, some great resources we threw out there um, for the listeners. And and like you said, I love how you brought up the idea of just start somewhere. Trial and error is really where it starts. You know, Dive into a podcast or two, start listening. You'll quickly find what you like. You know, And the AI machine that that is the internet now will, will lead you to what you are really <laughs> looking for, hopefully, hopefully. But... Um, so yes, thanks again, Neil. Uh, with that, don't forget to follow me, everybody, on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook at Patrick Metzger Coaching. Uh, appreciate everybody listening, tuning into the episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate the podcast. Uh, notes from today, uh, you can find those on my website, patrick-metzger.com. And lastly, as always, take a screenshot of today's show. Um, tag myself, tag Neil on LinkedIn, share it with somebody that uh, maybe needs to start, start their self-development journey or is looking for some help there. So uh, until next time, I want to remind you to own you and the journey.